Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. How would your life feel if you could let go of the stressful thoughts that replay in your mind? Would you be more joyful, more relaxed, more confident? Would you have more energy and feel more connected to yourself, to others, to your work, to life in general? How about patience? If you could release the grip of stressful thoughts that trigger feelings of frustration, uncertainty, anxiety, anger, sadness, all of those hard-to-feel and hard-to-hold emotions, what would be possible for you then? If you have a desire to be in a space where you can learn new skills to regulate your emotions, your thoughts, and to navigate stressful situations with more ease, then perhaps the upcoming Let It Go immersive workshop is something for you, something that you may want to be a part of. It's a small group experience where you will learn a simple and powerful process that will help you to experience more freedom in stressful thoughts and situations. You'll walk away from this experience feeling confident that you're sharpening your skills to think more clearly, feel more confident, cultivate deeper connections, strengthen your relationships, and experience a deeper sense of ease and freedom. I have personally been immersed in this process for over two years, the one that I'll be teaching in the Let It Go workshop, and I have noticed such profound shifts in my own thinking, my attachments to the thoughts that I have, and to the emotions that inevitably get stirred up within me when life throws stressful situations in my direction because if there's one thing that I know is you cannot completely eliminate stress from your life. You cannot eliminate the chatter that goes in your mind, but you can change and expand your relationship to these things and learn the skills to move through them with more ease, more purpose, and more calm. The teachings in this workshop are generally a part of the curriculum that I move through with my one-on-one -on -one clients and my small group trainings that I offer through Expand and Impact. But recently, I decided to turn this process into a whole immersive workshop. After taking it public and teaching it for the first time to a group of about 12 women, I was seriously blown away with the feedback and the results this short workshop and process gave to the participants. One of the participants, Dr. Kristen, said, I loved the framework of this workshop. It has really helped me to see where I stick my head in or worry and think about things that are not mine and are out of my control. Since the workshop, I have been evaluating certain situations in my life and taking a step back so I can decide how I want to move forward. I've been applying the tools I learned in this Let It Go workshop and my conversations and relationships have started to improve because of how my communication has shifted knowing these tools. Violetta was awesome, relatable, and so engaging. Another participant, Diane, had this to say about Let It Go Immersive Workshop. Within two days after the workshop, I was able to approach a sensitive topic with my partner with peace and confidence. I was focused on my intentions and did not get wrapped up in my partner's reaction or preconceived ideas of how he would react. This workshop definitely changed how I will be approaching sensitive interactions in the future and has helped me become more aware of the story I had been creating in my mind, which influenced my emotions and how I treated a certain person and situation. This is a thought-provoking and insightful method to discern a deeper understanding of self. The group was nurturing as a whole, held space for members to express themselves authentically. If you want to hear the experiences of more women who have experienced the Let It Go Immersive Workshop, you can go check them out on the website at expandandimpact.com. The Let It Go Immersive Workshop is truly an opportunity to immerse yourself in the how. And instead of filling your mind with more information, we really focus on applying it 
and putting it into practice so that you can experience deeper shifts on a visceral level. If this is something that piques your curiosity, then you're invited to join us. Register your spot at expandandimpact.com forward slash let it go workshop. That's expandandimpact.com forward slash let it go workshop. This experience is intentionally kept small and intimate. There are only 16 spots. And the reason for this is so that we can create an optimal environment to learn, connect, be safe, and actually practice the teachings that are being paid forward. So if you have any questions, you can just send me a DM if that feels important to you before committing. Otherwise, just go to expandandimpact.com forward slash let it go workshop and register yourself to be one of the 16 in this intimate group experience. Welcome back to the Expand and Impact podcast, a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you and where we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. How often do you think about your clothing choices? Not what you're wearing exactly, but the choices you make when it comes to your clothes. In just a few moments, I will be sharing with you a very insightful conversation I had with today's featured guest, Jane Mo, who is a personal stylist. And we're going to be going into the details of how your style and how you dress can actually motivate you to take action and attract new opportunities into your life, both personally and professionally. Around the time of this conversation, I was actually reflecting on my own clothing choices over a lifetime and the situations where I didn't feel like I had many choices available to me. I can share countless reflections of the parts of my personality and demeanor that took up more space in my life and how that shifted and changed depending on what I chose to wear. Fascinatingly, research shows that there is a big psychological component when it comes to clothing choices. Depending on what we choose, it has the power to literally change our mood, feelings, behavior, and even our cognitive processes. An article I found on brainfodder.org says that the psychology of clothing taps into culture, symbolism, neuroscience, sexuality, and many other aspects of our human experience, like notions of the self and identity. Two key themes we just keep coming back to in this podcast. I'll make sure to link this article in the show notes because it is a long one and has some really fascinating points of view and research so you can read the whole thing if it interests you. But something that stood out to me as I was doing some research about the psychology behind style is that clothing not only influences our relationship with ourselves, how confidently we show up, our self-esteem, but also how others perceive us. In psychology, this is called encoded cognition, a phenomenon that describes how the clothes we wear affect our behaviors, attitudes, personality, mood, confidence, and even the way we interact with others. I have to say, the last two to three years going through this global pandemic, I've gotten really lazy with what I choose to wear. I live in a small coastal beach town, and most of the time I'm barefoot and wearing comfortable clothing. Especially since I work from home, I'm all about my comfy pants. And this is actually a really huge shift for me because pre-pandemic life, I had places to be most days of the week. Personally, I notice a drastic change in how I feel about myself and about life and about the decisions I make and what is possible for me when I wear things that light me up compared to simply getting dressed without having any intention or thought put into it. I also notice a huge difference in my motivation levels and how much I get done in a day, how social I am, how I feel about myself, and how willing I am to try new things, for example. 
I've been experimenting lately with different practices for an abundance mindset. And one of the things I've been doing is really being intentional with what I put on and wearing things that I feel good in and that excite me and that I feel attractive in. And every time I do this without fail, I get so many compliments from strangers on the street simply because I feel good in my clothes and I feel good in my skin. I can be going to the same places day in, day out. And I usually do. I live in a small town, so I usually frequent the same cafes. And it's a huge change when I just show up with my laptop or to get a coffee dressed in something I didn't really think twice about and how much I speak with people and how much I interact compared to when I am actually wearing an outfit that excites me. Now, I invite you to try this and really pay close attention to how things change and if you can notice any shifts or changes at all. Not only do I notice the world mirroring back to me my mood, but I also immediately notice a shift in my mood. I feel abundant when I wear things that light me up. I feel confident. I feel purposeful. And noticing these changes within yourself and how your environment shifts and changes is proof that you have the power to influence how you experience life. And as a result, the universe mirrors it right back to you. Today's guest, Jane Mo, is an expert in this field. She is a personal brand stylist and a style coach with not only a wealth of wisdom in her craft, but an uncanny ability to not only make others look good, but to help them choose clothing in a way that is reflective of their true self and how they feel on the inside. Society trains us to disconnect from our intuition, but there's always a small glimmer inside that is waiting to come out and be expressed. And Jane helps others find that glimmer and expand it into a realized vision of how everyone deserves to feel in their own skin and as a result, land the opportunities that are meant for them and create a life that excites them. From Fashion Week runway shows, lookbooks, print media, music videos, and television styling, from humble beginnings to a career styling television presenters in her hometown of Auckland, New Zealand, Jane's creative eye eventually landed her the role as a fashion editor for Mind Food Style magazine. After years and years in the industry, Jane decided to take the leap and go off on her own. And today she's passionate about personal branding and helping women in business and professional women elevate their personal brand through style. She's a firm believer that what you wear is your business card and helps entrepreneurs and professionals create an image that aligns with their identity, how they feel on the inside, so they can show up with confidence and attract the business, opportunities, and life of their dreams. Let's get into it, shall we? What informs your identity? Well, great that you asked that because, I mean, it's a, it's an insightful question, but for me, it would be my shaved head. Yep. So this, um, this haircut is something that is very, very, I think it, it is very ingrained in me and my identity as like a person, as not just a brand, but as a, as a human being. And, um, every time I, that might seem so shallow level to some people, but every time I get my hair cut or shaved, it's like I'm shedding away something like layers of me and I get to be reborn again. And the feeling that I get from that is like no other. I'm like, whenever I'm doing a launch, whenever I'm going into a very busy week, if I get my hair shaved, it's like I'm unstoppable. So even if I do go back to like the person I was when I started this, I was a very different human being back then to where I am now. Like, you know, and I, I think a lot of, especially with like dark skinned people, we have a lot of identity in our image. 
And, you know, you're um, not to, that I'm talking for other dark skinned people, but a lot of people in my culture really find their identity in their hair. Like, you know, you're always um, hear people talking about black culture and hair and da da. But yeah, I, this is like the thing that makes me me. It's like my most recognizable thing. It's, it's my business card. It's like, I couldn't live without it. Can I ask when you first shaved your head? It was 2011. And before that, how was your hair? It was short like my partner's hair. So it would be like a pixie cut. Mm. So it was almost there. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely like this like really spiky little thing that was happening. Kind of like a Helly Berry look. I was inspired by Helly Berry. <laughs> Hence why I did it. I really appreciate that answer. And I've never had a guest answer in that way. And the reason why I appreciate it is because, especially for women, I feel like our hair carries a lot of weight. And there's a really big insecurity that comes with like even cutting your hair or when you break up with like you leave a relationship or like a big life change happens a lot of the time whether it's like conscious or unconscious a female will go get her hair cut and to have this um, I suppose like more permanent look about you where it's shaved it's really brave and bold and like allows your identity to come through as it does without being like tied to how your hair looks like. Oh my God, a hundred percent. And I, t- I kid you not, every time my barber, I have the same barber I've had since 2000, since I moved to Sydney, which is 2015. So we have a very long lasting relationship. Every time he finishes, I'm like, oh, that feels so good. Like, I just honestly feel like this energy kick. It's like having Red Bull all at once, like, you know, liters of Red Bull. And I get out of his chair and I'm just like, right. You know, like, it's just, yeah, I I call it my Superman, um, my hack. Or, you know, some people would have like their power suit or something like that that makes them feel that way. My hair makes me feel that way. Yeah. Did you have um, like a tumultuous relationship with your hair, like throughout the years that it kind of got to this point where you felt inspired to shave it? Uh, yes. So I grew up in Fiji. Um, so if any of you have ever lived in Fiji, it's very humid, very humid. So as a little girl, I had this, my hair down to like, I guess my waist and it was just so hard to control. Like it was just, you know, Afro, frizzy. And yeah, my mom just struggled every day trying to like tame my hair and, um, eventually cut it off and then just from then I've just had this like you know what can I do sort of easier to to handle and yeah just over the years I've had long hair short hair and then finally found this because I was inspired by um what's the William Will Smith's daughter Willow Willow yeah yep she had a music video once which is like with my hair up and down. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, loving your look. I'm so doing that. She had her hair shaved and she had this like love braid. And I was like, girl, I'm doing that. I am so there. And it just looks so easy and effortless. And I think that's what we're all looking for is like an easy, effortless life. And I just thought that's me. And I've had it since 2011 when I started like growing it out at the top and then shaving it on the side. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> we'll save that one for next time yeah. too. <laughs> Move <Yeah>. forward. <laughs> and I'd love it if you can share more about where you've come from and how you've gotten here. So you are a personal stylist to female entrepreneurs and like business women and um, professional women, really. And that is such a unique path to be helping someone with their style who isn't necessarily a model but just like your everyday human trying to do good in the world and trying to elevate their lives and their careers and I want to hear more about how you got here yeah okay so um so my journey started way back when like we're going back about six 
16 years ago now. Yeah, 16 years I've been in a styling game. I, I always mention this story in every podcast because I think it's just such a unique way in spin to kind of look back at our life and and be aware of like what the universe throws at us because I'm all about the universe and science. Um, but there was two points in my life where there was a definite calling that I needed to do this as a job. Um, so the first one was when I was in high school, um, I got bullied for not having the, the right clothes. So we had just moved from Fiji to New Zealand to Auckland and we had what they call Mufti Day, which is the Friday where you get to be in normal clothes, not school uniform. My parents could only afford certain things. So I was dressed in like cheapest clothes compared to the rest of the kids I was made fun of and I remember feeling like like oh okay so I obviously like not that I'm not worthy but there's something about my clothes that's not like getting me to fit into society kind of thing and that triggered something in me I don't know what but I was like all right like make fun of me but I'll show you one day like whatever and then fast forward to when I was at church one day. So I used to go to church and this lady came up to me and she, I'd never seen her before. She came up to me in the middle of the service and she said, you're going to be a fashion guru one day and just left. Like she said that and she left. And I was like, okay, lady, never seen you before. What the hell? And then um, my boyfriend at the time, his mom said, oh, the lady is actually um, like she prophesizes, which we know now in our world as someone who has intuition. And I said, oh, okay, just left it at that. And yeah, and then I went into the world of fashion because, well, went into the world of styling because I met a stylist when I was working in retail. This is going back so many years ago, 20 years ago now. And um, I said to her, can I just come and pick your brain? Like, not pick your brain, but like, see what you do. Like, you come in here and you borrow all these clothes and these photo shoots. Like, what is this about? Can I just come in, have a look and see what you're about? And then, yeah, she, that was it. She wrote me into a contract, a very large contract after that. And then I became her assistant for a long time. And then I ended up being a fashion editor for a luxury publication and then as I left that role, I, um, I vowed to myself that I wanted to help real people, real women. And only because I was burnt out. I was burnt out from, you know, the advertising world of magazine and not really having anything substantial um, or anything of meaning to me anyway in, in producing all these photo shoots for magazine. And um, yeah, I kind of left that world and was like, I just want to serve real people. And I was getting, you know, I had like a handful of clients and I just had a really good like energy boost when I was around real people and like seeing them transform. And um, yeah, and I've always attracted the business, the business type. I've never had clients that didn't that weren't in the business arena or had, you know, had their own business or can't climbing the career ladder. So I was always like filling their wardrobe with not like, you know, not only work stuff, but also like life and events, you know, what they were wearing for brunch or to go to an event in the weekend or something like that. So I always, yeah, was always someone in, in, in the business arena. And what inspired you to leave like a secure job where you basically learned how to do what you do to start off on your own. I think many of our listeners would resonate with how it feels to be like at your full capacity, how it feels to be on the edge of burnout or constantly moving in and out of burnout and, you know, having that drive and ambition to make an impact and to like do something useful in the world that doesn't only pay you, but actually fulfills you as well. And yet sometimes that step towards that can be the scariest and the hardest thing. And I see you leaving like the security behind as that. So how did you know you were ready to do that? 
I just looked at my life. I was living out of a suitcase. I was always traveling overseas to photo shoots. And I looked at my life and I thought, do I really want to be here in 10 years time? Working to feed the machine. You know, um, when I say feed the machine, like it wasn't my baby. It wasn't my thing. I was putting all these amazing products in a magazine, but essentially I was feeding the advertising world and the person that owned the magazine, it wasn't anything to do with me. And I was thinking at that point, I was like, what is my purpose? Like, why, why am I doing this ultimately? Like, am I changing anyone's life? By, like, I'm literally recommending products for people to go and buy and purchase more shit. Sorry, that, that's not that's loud. Okay. <laughs> no, that's all good. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was like, I'm just feeding the consumer machine. There's no impact. You know, I'm not really changing someone from making a good decision with, and transforming personally. And yeah, I just, I just looked at my life and I thought, I've got, I need to do something different. Like, I feel so uninspired by this, this world. I need to just get out. And um, yeah, that was it. I just pulled the plug. I'm, I'm one of those people that moves quite quickly. So if I have decided that is not the right path for me, I pull it. I'm not hanging around waiting for the universe. They say that manifesting actually means taking action as well and just free-falling. I'm a free-faller. If it works out, it will work out. If I fail, it's not a fail. It's a learning process and we'll all do better next time. So, yeah. And I did go back, just, um, sorry, just to segue from that, you know, I did, um, I did go back to a full-time career in sales um, years later after that. Um, for about a couple of years, three years, because I did burn out um, from running my own business. And, um, you know, and then again, that was another learning experience for me. It was like, it's okay to step back. It's okay to give yourself the space to feed your soul again and just look after you. So I went back to a nine to five job, had a great corporate sales job, um, and I was able to invest more into my business and then go full time again. You know, there's just like different points in life where you're just like, how can I maneuver? You know, this is not a failure. What have I learned? We'll do better next time. What I'm really loving about this part of your journey, Jane, is that you gave yourself permission to go back to a job that maybe you don't fully love, but that was necessary for you to get back on track with your self-care, to get back on track financially. And I think many people would perceive that almost as a failure or almost going backwards. And I love that you had the, I guess, like the maturity at the time to just view it as something that is happening, something that is necessary without attaching all of the labels of like what it means about you. And I feel like that really closely even ties in with the haircut that we talked about. You know, it's like to some people may be silly that we're talking about a haircut, but it's this quality of, not being defined by what's around you. Thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to kind of point that out, that part in your journey. Yeah, I love how you said giving myself permission. You know, a lot of people don't give themselves permission to just live life. And it, you know, I will tie back to this later, but it's even, it comes down to what you wear, how you cut your hair. It's like, dude, and not just dude, but babe. As well. <laughs> do that. Yeah. Do that. You only live one. Live. Like you only have this life. You know, I've recently learned there's more of us out there, but like other identities, but better side, this is your only life that you're aware of at the moment. Like live it. No one's going to, like, it really doesn't cause anyone any trouble if you make decisions and act on it. That is, you know, that fully aligns with who you are. Like I am such an advocate for giving yourself permission. I have no idea. Yeah. And have you always been this courageous and like the decisions you make? Did you learn it from your parents or were you inspired by someone? Or is it just something that naturally you were born with? 
Oh, oh no, no, no. I didn't come out of my, of my mother's womb like this. No, I would blame my father. So I'm the eldest of four kids. And um, as you can imagine, the eldest is the one that gets, you know, the full discipline, the full everything, because you are the, the first child. He taught me to be um, independent, to be a survivor, to think on my feet, to be resourceful, to, to just be bold and be unapologetic because uh, another thing you always said is like, you're, well, he always says, cause he's still alive. You only live once, you know, and you, at a certain point you, you come up to a certain point in life and you look back and you go, what, what was that all about? What is the me, you know, like you worked all this, all this life, you worked hard and you get here only to be dictated by other people. Um, why? You know, so he's, yeah, he'd really taught me to, to always think me first before others and not, um, not in a selfish way, but like not giving other people permission to rule what I want to do. And that I think was a powerful lesson because I've always been like, okay, I've always separated myself from other people's thoughts or anything to do with me I'm just like that's great that you have that but this is what I think and this is where I'm going so I respect you for saying that but this is we're, we're doing this and yeah I guess you can say that that allows me to have permission to do the things that I want to do um whether it be personal or business yeah wow what a great father that you had who was yes. able to instill <laughs> that in you yeah, he's um he's a tough cookie that one, tough cookie. But um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all that. Uh, I would say it wasn't all the fluffy childhood. It was you know he was definitely a tough disciplinary figurehead. But now that I'm more mature and I've done more personal development, I'm able to look back. That's the thing about life. You've got to work on yourself to be able to look back and go, what did that person teach me and how I am now? What is a byproduct of that teaching? How did they affect me? Yeah. So I, I look at my dad and I think, thank you. You know, at the, at the time I hated you for being such a, <laughs> a hard person, but now I'm so thankful because those things are so in me now, like especially in business, you really need to be this tough person. Um, and have some, you know, obviously have another, other layers to you, but he really taught me to, to just have a backbone. Yeah. I wonder if this is like partly to do, um, because I'm seeing like two different aspects or like two different like layers of evolution, because you are also the product, like a child of immigrants, just like I am. Yeah. And yeah. a part of um, being a byproduct of immigration is surviving, is being resourceful, is figuring it out as you go along. You know, like my mom's English isn't that good. And my parents didn't know any English before they immigrated to America. And that type of struggle impacts you. And without a backbone and without being resourceful, you're just not going to make it. And not making it isn't an option. Except what I'm witnessing in you, Jane, which um, I want to bring to the forefront for our listeners, is that you took what your parents taught you, like through being resourceful and having a backbone and have like making it. And you also added compassion and gentleness to that, which maybe they didn't have because they were the ones that really were in that struggle. And because you stepped away from that struggle, like you had the privilege through them to not struggle, you gave yourself permission to change your mind. And I think that is such a huge thing to learn. It's a skill to learn. And it's definitely a lesson that like for better or for worse, my parents taught me as well that nothing is permanent. Nothing lasts forever. And you can either let that limit you or you can let it expand you. And I chose it like it did both for me. It limited me in some ways and it expanded me. But knowing that nothing lasts forever and that things change, I was able to make brave decisions and like work and live in different countries, switch jobs, go back to jobs and not be so 
attached to it. Whereas where my parents come from, and maybe this is the same for you, like coming from immigration and survival, once you get that stable job, you keep it because you already got there, you made it. So just like that, that, that next layer of evolution, it's like, well, the parents had that security, like they got there, they did the work. And now with this privilege, it's my responsibility to add happiness into it, to add fulfillment that I don't need to always be struggling like they were, but I can actually take what they gave me, take that strength and funnel it into something that is worthwhile, that has impact and that makes me happy. Oh, I love that. I love that because, you know, just when you said that, you know, you're referring to they've now gotten you here and now you have the privilege, you know, they've given you the privilege to then live the life that you want to design, you know, you want to have or design. And I remember, it just like brought up this memory, but I remember my, my dad, you know, when we were doing our homework, he always said to us, like, I've gotten you this far. Like I have worked my ass off and I only have so much in me to get you this far. It is now your responsibility to go further. And isn't that powerful? Like, especially I think, you know, you and I relate because we are from, from parent, like immigrant background and it's just such a different upbringing, which I'm just like, so freaking like, oh, it gives me goosebumps, but I'm just so thankful that my soul got put into that. Like it was freaking tough as hell, but I'm so thankful I grew up in that because even now looking at how I am and how I react to things, I'm like, dude, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't script this. Like, this is like a product of that, you know? And, um, I, my partner is, uh, white, as you say, but, um, as, 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 you, as, as you say, <laughs> Um, and he's Aussie, you know, and like, you know, we tackle different things. Like I'm such a, I'm so good at like thinking on my feet and just like thinking outside the box and coming up with a solution. Whereas, you know, I'll be 10 steps ahead and he's still catching up because I've had to be like that, you know? And I think you relate too, because your parents are just like, think like, just what are you going to do? Don't go. Yeah. What are you going to do with beer is awful? And so it's really funny, like watching that dynamic between my partner and I and going, oh, this is why you, because you were brought up this way and I was brought up this way, you know, we're just from different backgrounds, but it's just like so good to be self-aware. And, you know, you said, you said something about me having this maturity to look back and, um, yeah, it's, it's all personal development, you know, you got to invest in, in like getting to know who you are, getting to know the layers that make up who you are. I think that's always an interesting journey. I, I know you probably have invested in it, but um, if you don't, you're just forever going to, I don't know, guess your way through life. You know, the more I, I understood my, my, uh, where I came from and who taught me to be this way, the more I'm able to navigate my way through life and just, yeah, live on my own terms and give myself, as you say, permission to do things and not be dictated by other people. And now that you are back to running your own business and back to working with women specifically, right? That's who you work with? Mm -hmm. I do. I do have male clients as well, but they are few and far in between. I usually... A majority of my clients are female, female business owners. Yes. Yeah. Anyone with a personal brand. Mm -hmm. And what is, like, why does style matter? Well, because image sells, right? So if you think about it, you know, we, as, as a society, we make, I won't say we do it consciously, but unconsciously we do. We make judgments on people within the first seven seconds. You know, we're constantly looking at people, sizing them up. Not that, again, we don't do it consciously. So anyone listening, this is not something that you go, oh, am I doing that? No, 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 no. You're doing it subconsciously because of the stuff that you learned in society of how someone should look because they do a certain thing in life. You know, so if you were to come across, if someone was to say on the phone, I'm a real estate agent. 
and you're talking to them on the phone, you, you will conjure up this image of what they could look like because unconsciously your mind has put together this visual image of what a real estate agent should look like. A white man. Same as a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Legit. We say, yeah, legit. legit. Um, we got to change yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With like a suit that's like possibly too tight and... <laughs> And like, you know, one of those watches that are like stone freaking like heavy looking. Um, he's just stepped out of his sports car and, you know, it's just like the stereotypical thing. And that's because where our mind is programmed to always feed us these like visual clues, like this visual imagery of like what it, what that person, like what it means to be a trustworthy real estate agent, you know, like, so your mind saying a successful real estate agent will look like he's got the car, he's got the suit, he looks successful, he's, you know, by looking this way, he's, um, he ob- obviously means he makes money and he's successful. So he'll be able to sell your house, get you the best price, yada, yada, yada. So that essentially is why image matters because the mind or the viewer. So I always say, put yourself in the other person looking at you. When, you know, if you're a business owner that's on stage speaking on stage or like a personal brand that's speaking on stage, um, speaker, whatever, people are always sizing you up going, hmm, I wonder if she actually like, what has she done in her past life to, to get her to this? I wonder if she, um, was in management i wonder if she's this so we're constantly sizing people up for clues for us to make a decision or take action and it's just how the mind operates and my job is to make sure that the mind is reading certain clues in order to for my clients to have the best outcome if that makes any sense so um you know, so dressing my client to look the part of a successful business owner, a successful coach, a successful that because you you want to be communicating that you know what you're talking about. Like you, people won't necessarily listen to someone who looks like they just not anyone take this the wrong way, but like are living out of the back of their car. You know, even the person that's living out of the back of their car. They also will try to look elevated or look like they've they put some effort in before they turn the camera on so that they're, they're not communicating that they are struggling. You know what I mean? So we're always making these like decisions on how we look and how we're best coming across, like in in whatever we do, like whether it be going for a job interview to jumping on camera. Yeah, because we know unconsciously, you know, we need to look the part. So I've always um, believed that image plays a huge, huge role in people deciding whether they want to work with you. You know, because we are all wired to make decisions visually. I talked about this, sorry, it's like, no, go for um, it. Um, but yeah, I talked about this in my group program yesterday, which is, you know, really thinking about you as like a product, you know, we talked about branding and personal branding and what it means to look at yourself as a product. Um, you know, everyone does this, which is like, you'll go to a supermarket, you'll pick up a water bottle or you'll pick up something because the packaging looks good. You know, we've all done that, like nicely branded products. They're like, yeah, that looks good. I'm going to have that. And it's because we are reacting out of emotion because something, you know, when we think something looks good, we then take action to go towards that something. And so, yeah, it's the same way thinking about yourself as, as a product, um, you know, thinking about branding yourself, it's like, what is your packaging? 
you know, people are magpies. They, they will throw money at you if they think you are what represents the best business coach or the best real estate agent or, you know, not in a sleazy way, but doing it from an authentic way as well that is aligned with you as well. But people, general, generally people will, will make purchasing decisions on visual before they hear you speak. It's visual first and then voice and then, um, you know, obviously like the copy on your website or something like that. I know that authenticity, because um, we've spoken a little bit like outside of this podcast space as well. I know that authenticity is really important to you and to make your clients feel that they're not only dressing the part, but they're dressing like themselves. Can you share a little bit more about that and how, um, well, really like the importance of it in the scope of kind of moving towards your goals and presenting yourself in a way that you can open yourself up to new opportunities? Mm, mm. Authenticity. So, I mean, we come back to that identity question that you've asked me before, right? And yeah, authenticity just means that you need to be true to yourself. So not dressing in a way that is not you. For example, if you're not someone that that likes wearing a blazer, then don't wear a blazer. You know what I'm saying? If you feel uncomfortable in something, if you put that on just because you think that a business coach should wear a blazer, your energy level will change when you're on camera or when you're speaking to someone because you are wearing a costume. So I always say to people, when, when you're dressing, you need to be dressing for who you are, not what other people think you should be. Does that make sense? So if, um, if, you know, if you like color, for example, and you absolutely shine in color, then wear color, you know, and it's, you know, and people go about, I'm in an office or I'm, my industry only wears black. How can you infuse color with black? Maybe you've got colored shoes. So that every time you look down at your feet or when you're walking, you see this pop of color that makes you just, you know, it just takes your step up another level. You know, it's just like recognizing these things about you and infusing that into your style or into what you wear, as opposed to like, I, I do this because the rules are this. Yeah. I really appreciate that answer because it adds a different layer to when you said that it's important to look the part to get certain opportunities or to close a deal, right? And I feel like you can easily start to cr like create an image of yourself on what you think you should be or who you think you should be, how you think you should look. But if we do that, then we're going to just keep perpetuating the cycle of different disparity in the world or different injustices and inequality because the image that comes into your mind is that one type of person like how does a real estate salesman look like a white male and that image is never going to change to include other types of humans unless we take control of our own individual appearances as well especially in the professional space now I want to be mindful and um, keep it like within the professional space because like and, you know, like depending like where you live, like I dress very differently living at the beach than when I did in the city and in my career in the outdoors, I dressed very differently than when I worked in PR in Manhattan, you know, and like that identity was fluid and it brought out different aspects of my personality that were needed within that role for certain opportunities. But it also allows us to change the expectations of that industry. So I love the example that you gave of like, if you have to wear black or if the majority of people you wear black, how can you start like testing the boundary of like what's acceptable so that we can look at the bigger picture and not only you feel more comfortable and confident in your skin, but you're giving an example for the people on the outside and that next generation to also test the boundary or else we're never going to change that image in our mind of what a certain type of like role looks like, you know, and 
even in terms of like CEO, the first person that you think of generally isn't a woman. You know, it's also a male and generally a white male and not to um, like focus like so much around like color and race. But the reality of the world we live in is even for myself, I need to check my biases and constantly be checking in because even when I worked in a male dominated field as a female, I still had those images in my mind of like how I should look like to be taken seriously, how I should look like to be respected. And it's not going to change until you start stepping into your own confidence and testing those boundaries of how you can bring more of yourself into your workplace and into your business, which in this case is through style. Mm, 100%. And I just want to touch on something there. You said, oh, allowing yourself, it's something along the side, uh, allowing your identity to sip in. And it's about giving yourself permission to do those things because when you do, and when you wear the things that make you go, oh, I feel good, you know, you look at your shoes and it's popping color and you just have this like energy lift. You suddenly walk through the office in a different posture than you did wearing a costume, you know, wearing what someone else think you should wear kind of thing. Obviously adjusting your clothes according to the setting. But when you suddenly wear things that make you go, okay, good, I'm looking good, you know, you're you're suddenly vibrating, your energy lifts and you're vibrating from a next level. And I always talk about energy and vibration when it comes to clothes. It's so important to be self-aware and look at yourself in the morning, especially when you're dressing as you've left the house, have an energy check. You know, am I vibing this outfit? Is this like, how am I feeling? Am I, something doesn't feel right. Okay. Do I need to change my shoes to insert a bit more color? Because as you go into the office and if you have that, if you, if you're operating from that next level energy, my God, are you unstoppable? Because you're suddenly, you know, if you go into a meeting, you're just like, all right, I'm here. I'm showing up. What needs to happen? Right. And, you know, if you're someone who's not in management and you're just part of the team, you suddenly have this confidence, this like, because you have this next level energy to put your hand up to give an idea because you feel confident. And that to me is just like what I say always it's like having your Superman outfit or your Superman um, shoes or your Superwoman something, you know, it's like, it's like this, this hack that you put in daily so that you can vibrate from, you know, from the next level and it just propels you even further, if you know what I mean. Like me at the moment, like I think before I, um, we popped on here, I said to Vi, I'm just going to, I'm just changing my, my outfit because I wasn't feeling the t-shirts that I had on before. It just wasn't giving me that energy that I needed to come on here and actually give you know, a thousand percent. It just wasn't. So, you know, I, I did a vibe check. I was like, where is my energy level? Ah, uh-uh, not there. Let's change this because I need to be showing up today because Vi and her audience need, need me to show up today. There's some actually some really interesting psychology behind what you're sharing that I can try to find some of the resources and put them in the show notes. But it's proven to actually impact your mood, like how you look. And a lot of the times, you know, I work from home and I spend a lot of time by myself. And when I'm having a really low motivation day, I know that it's the day for me to put on an outfit that maybe a part of me doesn't feel like wearing because I'm feeling lazy. I'm not feeling attractive. I'm not feeling good. But the second I like dress to impress, look the part, I instantly like go out and have that motivation and have that inspiration and feel more connected to myself instead of sitting in the energy of, you know, like frustration or disconnection or whatever the opposite is of what I would actually want to be feeling. Right. Like how good is it that we have this tool that is available to us every single day? You don't even have to like, 
go out of your way to do it. it you're already putting on clothes every day. You know, you have to put on clothes every day. So why not use it to your advantage? Why not use it as a hack? So if you go, you know, down the whole psychology thing about dressing, dressing well and, well, dressing for a mood lifter, you got to think like when you feel good, you're actually um, releasing all the feel-good chemicals in your body, right? And so when you release all the chemicals, you just, you like the vibration changes in your body, you know, and it goes back to talking about color even, you know, color plays a huge part in release, releasing this, what's the chemical, serotonin and the endorphins and all the things, the good chemicals um, for, for feel good, just feel good vibration that's coming through your body. So Gosh, I can like talk all day about how clothes can just change your life. But when you do that, you'll also, you know, when you start to like really tap into style as a tool, you'll notice that it has like a domino effect on the rest of your life because it just naturally will happen, you know, because you're then um, taking action at work, that domino effects into like having a promotion. And then because you feel good and then feel the motivation to go to the gym or feel the motivation to eat healthy or feel the motivation to change the way um, you operate through life, you know? So it's just like, just start with this one thing and I guarantee you it's got a domino effect through your whole life. Yeah. I, I really like that example that you just said of the domino effect, because in terms of like habit changing, there's so much evidence behind building a habit by starting with like putting the running shoes on first or putting on the gym clothes if you want to go to the gym and then taking that next step. And it always starts with getting yourself ready from that physical standpoint to take that next action. And I want to be really mindful of your time because I know you have another call. So I'm wondering if you can just answer that last question because we've talked a lot about style and how it inspires you to show up in a way that is more reflective of where you want to go in life, the opportunities you want to have, and who you are and who you want to be, right? It's like that creating that new identity, stepping into that next version. So in terms of your business and what you do with women and like helping them style themselves in a way to close deals and make change what would you recommend like where do they start or what can they do to start kind of reconnecting with their own personal style to take these bigger actions you know what they say if nothing changes nothing changes right so you got to start by really sitting down and looking at your wardrobe from the point of view of the viewer, not you. If I was sitting looking at your wardrobe, does it best serve you for where you are in life right now? And majority of women will always say no, because it's either that we've collected things that were from the past, things that we're still holding on to things that don't fit and things that are coming to our wardrobe because life has happened and we're just out of time and are time poor. And so this exercise, this tip really requires you to carve out a bit of time because you matter, you know, like it's like a self, um, self-care exercise where you just sit back Get yourself a glass of wine, open your wardrobe and go and be honest with yourself on how that wardrobe is serving. That's the best start I could actually say to anyone, you know, and then hire help. Like we all need help. Not here to like, you know, sell myself, but there are other stylists out there that you can work with. But just ask for help. Like we, you know, we didn't go to, like no one taught us at school how to dress to our body shape. No one taught us how to use color effectively so you can, it can boost your mood. No one taught us any of that. They should really have a curriculum on how to dress and 
and then feel good in your body, you know, just from a self-care perspective. There's a whole lot of curriculum missing from the education department on that. But, you know, and then you get to life to this, the, you know, in your 30s, 40s, and you think, what the hell? Why do I feel this way? You know, and other people tell you what you should do in terms of like how you should dress because they do it for, for themselves. So they think their body shape is your body shape. It's just a freaking mess. So um, get yourself help. Like it's, it's, it's okay to ask for help. You know, even if you're looking at YouTube, some people go down the YouTube path because they have the time to do it. Some people don't have the time to do it. But I would start with opening up that wardrobe, doing a really good cull, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't serve you anymore, clearing the stuff because when you declutter, you then make space for other things to come in. You know, you then suddenly have the bandwidth um, to to look at your wardrobe effectively because the thing is, hundred like I would say, eight to eight to ten. 80% of wardrobes I go into, it's just clutter. It's just years and years of collecting. It's like, how can you strip that back so you can allow yourself to really effectively look at your wardrobe and go, where, where am I going wrong? You know? So start with that and then ask for help and ask for the right type of help and reach out to someone. Yeah. Amen. I really... I love that answer, especially the last part about asking for help. It's so like conditioned in us to ask for help for, you know, like with our taxes or with, you know, hiring a mechanic when your car breaks down. And yet there's so many different resources and specialties in the world that you can call on to help you reconnect with yourself, reconnect with what feels good to open yourself up to different opportunities and ways of being. And in this case, a stylist is something that most people wouldn't think of, you know, I think many people associate a stylist that works with, you know, only fashion models or how you worked with a publication, but it's much more accessible and can be just the tool that you need to help you get to that next tier in the goals that you have for yourself. Yeah. And a hundred percent. And there's no shame in asking for help, like no shame at all. And it might just be the thing that you need just to get you to take take the next action in life, you know? And it doesn't matter. Like I think a lot of people associate stylists with with, with someone, a stylist with someone who works with like people who are a certain body shape or a certain image or whatever. There are so many different niches of styling. Like I specialize in personal branding for business owners. Because I have really niched into that because a lot of my clients come from that. You know, they're constantly seeing themselves from a business point of view on how they can actually show up and look the part, not only in like business, but also in their real life. So they're always on brand. But yeah, there's no shame. Like ask, like Google is your best friend and go down the Instagram rabbit hole using hashtags and whatnot. Like I, you know, I have people finding me on Instagram all the time with hashtags that I've used. So just sit back, you know, allocate yourself like a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. I recommend a really good grazing box. Order it the week before. It's a really good grazing box and champagne or like red wine, whatever gets you in the mood. Turn on some good music carve yourself that time in your wardrobe like and do yeah. an audit <laughs> give yourself and then do an yeah. audit do an audit that's right yeah yeah that's that's my um that's my recommendation love it. <laughs> that's what I do with my one-on-one clients I come along with a crazy box and, and yeah you know, put on some music you know, make it special by being yeah make it special because like I say, like you matter. Like this is self-care. This is self-care. I love it. Yeah. And Jane, just our closing question that we ask all of our guests, when and where do you feel most like yourself? <gasps> um, where and where? So we live in a beautiful bay 
in the central coast of New South Wales. So just an hour and a half out of Sydney, an hour and 10 if there's no traffic. And um, I feel most myself walking on the beach on Toowoon Bay. It is the most beautiful place. And it's actually voted the um, the number one beach in New South Wales so, or Australia, one or the other. But it's hidden. No one knows about it. And we hardly have any crowds. So that is where I feel my most self. And I always turn around. Every time I'm on the beach, I always turn around and I point at this one house and I always say, I'm going to live there one day. I'm going to buy their house one day. So watch this space. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jane Moe as much as I did. You can find Jane on Instagram through her handle, Jane Moe Stylist, and learn more about her offers or simply connect to tell her and myself what you enjoyed most about this conversation. We absolutely love hearing from you. And if you loved what you heard, share this episode with three friends and be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star written review on iTunes. We have a big goal of reaching and connecting one million women who have a desire to learn, grow, and live and lead from a place of alignment, confidence, self-trust, authenticity, and inner peace. And by sharing this episode with friends or colleagues, you can help us reach this audacious goal. This is how generational change happens. One woman claiming her voice and her power at a time. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expandandimpact.com.